What's up, podcast world? This life ain't for everybody. Coming back at you. Another awesome episode. Today's episode again brought to you by our friends out of Lynchburg, Tennessee. Enjoy it responsibly. Jack Daniels. We have had many good nights. We've gotten through many sad times. We rely on Jack Daniels, but we do it in moderation. Never excessive. Never let any underage drinking happen. Enjoy it responsibly. There's nothing more American than Jack Daniels out of the great state of Tennessee. And my guest today is coming out of the great state of Tennessee. He lives there now. He's not from there but he's made a living there. His name is Tyler Farr. He's had several number one hits and he's got another single going to radio right now. We're going to talk I'm about that today. From Lynchburg. I'm 30 yeah. minutes from Lynchburg. You're 30 minutes from Lynchburg. Oh yeah. Have you ever been there? Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever, did you ever enjoy a Jack Daniels? Oh, I've never drank whiskey. Ever? <laughs> never had one? Can't you tell my boy, I've never drank whiskey. <laughs> You don't drink it anymore, do you? No, I don't. I ain't drank whiskey in about a year and a half, but I do like some single barrel Jack. I do too. What's up, man? How's that? Last time we talked, you were, you were, get, get, tell me how it went down with Aldine so far. And that I love the new song. I've been, I don't know if you've seen how much we play it, but the only truck in town is always jamming here at the studio. I know it's hunting season. We're going to get into turkeys. We're going to get into real tree. We're going to get into buck commander some more, but what's yeah, going like, on? What's going what, on? Yeah. Um, so it's been, a, you know, for everybody, it's been a crazy year and my opinions on what is going on, what in the hell is going on is, you know, they're all over the place because no one knows what the hell's going on. The, the country's a damn mess. <laughs> Bring your brooms because it's a damn mess. You know? Yeah, no doubt. It's 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 crazy. And, you know, I was talking to you last time we talked, and I said, me and J- Jason signed me to Night Train Records, started this little indie label for pretty much for me because he believed in me, which is awesome. And that's I'm very humbled by that. One of my guys that, are, that I look up to and is one of my best friends starting a label to allow me to keep doing what I love to do uh, besides shoot turkeys faces off. Um, and I know you're a big Aldine fan as well. And it was very cool. And we got it going. Um, uh, that was about, I've lost track of time with this COVID crap going on, but I want to say last, well, about last spring, honestly, well, yeah I, you were with me in june you would come out here to play the rodeo and you were with me and i think you had yeah. just signed it right before that so yeah like last spring and so did the press release we did we went in i, I wrote my butt off was writing all these songs and stuff and we we got most eight songs we got in the studio recorded eight eight tracks uh some great tracks and jason uh the amount of involvement the way as much as he was involved was crazy. Like he was there for, for vocals for there for tracking. He was there for overdubs. He was there for every aspect of it. And he said he was, I just, honestly, I just didn't believe his ass, but um, he was there just, and it was really cool to see him that involved because that means he cares about what we're doing. Uh, we did that. Uh, we, I'm like, he goes, you happy with what we got? I'm like, absolutely. This is awesome. This is the best stuff I've ever recorded. And I truly believe that. Uh, being pumped up about it, releasing Only Truck in Town as the first single off Night Train Records, Broken Bow Records, on one of my best friend's labels, him entrusting me 
there's a little bit of pressure that goes on there. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there, I'm kind of sweating a little bit. Cause I'm like, man, this guy don't need any more money. He's not going, well, I sure wish, I hope Tyler Farr is the ticket. I'm trying to get rich. You know, he's doing it because he believes in me. And that puts even more pressure on me because I'm a people pleaser and I want to make everybody happy, especially my best friends. Now, when, so this single was taken off uh, and it's still doing fine, but I had a good buzz. I worked my butt off doing radio tour. Radio tour, we're going we visited four different cities in the Northeast. We went from Maine to DC to Pittsburgh to Rochester, like in one day. And I'm working my butt off and we're, and so are my regionals at the label. And we're just driving around, having to grab a, you know, some coffee on the way, maybe a little Taco Bell, whatever. We're just making it happen. And uh, the radio was responding really good to this single. And then all of a sudden, here comes COVID, like a big slap in the face. And it was just, it was like, I know it happens. Everybody's dealing with it. And the best way I've heard it put is everybody has different, different sizes of shovels. I make a certain amount of money. Jason Aldean makes a certain amount, amount of money. Uh, a construction worker, that's my neighbor, makes a certain amount of money. And you budget off of what money you make. You know what I mean? So it affects everybody. And it's, I remember I, when I had to call my band, all, all of them separately, because I handle that stuff one-on-one. And I called them and I said, y'all, I'm going to have to drop you down to half salary, half pay. And that, that broke my damn heart. I mean, because I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm supposed to be the one that takes care of them, their families, and that, that puts pressure on me. And I, I genuinely care about people and when I have to say that it feels like I'm almost letting people down and it was a hard thing for me but they understood and my guys are the best band members uh, in the business if you ask me how do you get this thing off here <laughs> redneck ingenuity going on in Tennessee backwoods right now but man it, it's what the thing that sucked the most, like I don't mind being able to kill turkeys every single day. This, this was awesome for me, but the thing that wasn't, that was not being able to take care of my guys fully. I did the best I could. And a lot of singers had to like, let their guys, I think Zach Brown had to let his dudes go to draw unemployment, but that's what he chose to do. And and I wasn't going to do that. I'd, I'd sell a boat before I did that. But um, it was just a tough time, man, especially uh, essentially what me and Jason were doing with my career was a relaunch for me. So what a worse time (laughs) to relaunch your career during COVID. Like you can't like because my my strong point is being person to person interacting with people. That's what I do. And I love people. I love being around them. I love seeing different cities, being on the road. And I haven't been able to do that. And if it wasn't for Turkey, I'd be, I'd jump off the damn bridge. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot that you're saying. I talked with party the other day about the same thing. It's like, you know, he was getting ready to have a big year. You're getting ready to have a big year. It's, do you stay relevant and how does a musician stay relevant? Is it by doing these live concerts on Facebook or Instagram? Is it, 
is it, you know, being interactive with your audience. But, you know, this is the time of year, the spring and the summer where country music fans, Tyler, Tyler Farr music fans are, are looking forward to the cold beers and the festivals or the, the, you know, the concerts and, and, and when that's all taken away and the rugs, the carpets pulled out from under everybody, including you, including me, you're like, well, there's no end in sight. I've heard that bands are, I just saw another band yesterday. I think Kenny Chesney put out a press release yesterday. He canceled his entire 2020 tour and said that they don't know about 2021 yet. So there's a lot of unknowns in that whole revenue generation and how you guys make a living is you got to, I mean, there's, there's country music radio, but the way that a musician makes his money and his career or her career right now is touring and merch sales and, and selling tickets and, and getting, getting interactive with an audience. And when that's taken away from you, my first question is like, well, how long is it going to happen? And then when you come back, are people going to have confidence to go get into a crowded room? And that's the thing. It's like, so God rest his soul, but my buddy that recently passed, Joe Diffie, like in the 90s, when he sell, he's selling records. Mark Chestnut, too cold to hunt. He, they're selling physical records, CDs at Walmart. And that was when Walmart had an entire section. And I know you remember this. How old are you? 45. 25. Yeah, that's what I thought. 25. 25. <laughs> and I, I know you remember that when Walmart had that entire section just dedicated to CDs that that doesn't exist anymore and that's how they made their money back then off of album sales you know who buys an album nowadays nobody <laughs> nobody they don't buy an album I mean and that just and that's fine that's just you have to evolve with the what's going on and like I talked to Jason because I was a little bit bummed the first week sales when the only truck in town uh came on iTunes and he goes dude don't worry about that shit. He goes, me, Luke, I don't care. It's me, Luke, whoever, freaking Garth Brooks. No one sells. Well, maybe not Garth Brooks, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no one, we're not selling albums. We're not making our money on albums anymore. You know where we make our money? On the road. Entertaining people. And guess what we have to have at concerts to make money? People. And guess what we can't be around right now to make people? So, People make the world go round. And as soon as people start realizing that they make this country run and they're very relevant and they need to treat life better and be more aware of the surroundings and like, okay, maybe I should be a little more. And maybe this all taught us a lesson. I don't know. I'm not getting I off think philosophical. It no, I don't think you're getting off. I think that, I think that, but what I do, what I do like about it though, is that, I've had the whole analogy my whole life is that you have to have huge hits on the radio at all times to have a music career. And that's not the truth. Now you've had number one hits. You've had an unbelievable country music career, but there's bands out there. There's singers out there that are tearing it down on what you're referring to as being on the road without number ones. So the relevancy is like, well, if Tyler's single doesn't climb and it's, he can't do his radio tour anymore and he's not in there talking with the DJs and the programmers and everybody, 
Well, that's a scary deal because people aren't going to hear the music, but you've already got this like cult following. You go to Whiskey Myers, you go to Childers, or you go to Chris Young or something. I love them, right? So Cody Cannon was on here the other day. Those guys don't have a radio hit. They sell out everywhere they go. And I think that that's what you got right now is that when you come back, even if that song isn't knocking down the walls of radio because COVID came in and interrupted the flow of your radio tour and how that goes in business, I still think that you come back with you know, an, a, an emergence of this audience that's begging to see you. And that's, I, I don't know what else a singer has his to, to hang his or her hat on right now. I just don't know. They, they don't. This is when what I've been doing is, you know, I recently became an owner and buck commander. So I'm like, okay, I can't put on concerts. I'm about damn tired of the Facebook live stuff. <laughs> like it's cool at first. And you're like, geez, like, I want to see people's faces. I want to see their emotions when I sing. That's what I feed off of that. I do better in the bigger crowds you give me, the better I do. I, I just feed off of people. And that's that's what I think I can speak for most of all of us entertainers. That's what we feed off of. That's what gets us all. That's our thing. And when you don't have that, it's like, you're just kind of like, hey, there's June from uh, Fort Worth. How you doing, June? Yeah. Uh, there's Sharon from uh, Chapel Hill. You know, it's like, it's not the same. And that's what I do it for. I do it for emotion, to tap into people's emotions and make them feel something, make them cry, make them laugh, make them drink 400 beers, you know, whatever. And when you don't have that, it's like, man, but the thing that's changed what you're talking about, Whiskey Myers and those guys, you know, is this single going to go to number one? I have no idea. Al Dean's still very positive about it. I'm positive about it, sure. But the difference between me now and me 10 years ago is very big because nowadays I don't base my happiness on if we have a number one. We've done I've been there. We've did it. Great. It's awesome. It's a great feeling. I'm not going to lie. It's freaking badass to be in a big old stadium and sell it out two nights in a row with FGL and Jason Aldean. And it's the most incredible feeling ever. But these are material things I'm talking about. These aren't having a child. These aren't, you know, so you get older, you get a little wiser. And it's like, man, those are cool. Yeah, I'd love to do that again. But I don't need that. I mean, I want that. So it's like, dude, I think this single is going to go number one. I have no clue. I know that I'm going to work my ass off to give it the best shot it has. And I know Jason Aldean's going to give it his best shot to help it get up there. And if not, guess what we're going to do? Release another single because like you were talking about, luckily I have a cult following and that's what, that's what's made my career is the fans. The same people that are listening to this podcast, the same people that follow you, the same, you know, it's just the same people that follow Waddell. And Cole Pepper was telling me earlier, man, Mike Waddell loves Chad. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the shit out of Chad. <laughs> I love Waddell. No, I, I think I think that it's, one question I do have for you, though, as happy-go-lucky as you are, Tyler Forrest, is as rambunctious as you are, as in-your-face as you are in your in your approach, and like you just said, you're, you're turkey hunting and stuff, when you start talking about life, and we talked about last time how you were, you, 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 there was a part of your career that happened that was just like uncontrollable success, just like everything, every, you could have sang the phone book and it was going number one. 
then it came it came to a part in your career to where that the number ones weren't there the record deal wasn't there now that this hits now you like do you have the mentality of like what the f or do you do you get depressed do you get down as a human being do you get sad because on these feel good machines all of us are always happy we're always smiling we're always carrying a turkey and we're always with our family and we're always at the pool party and we're always happy but do you Looking from the outside in, I would say there's no way that somebody can't have all the emotions to write the songs and to perform the way you guys do. But has this made it to where you almost had to like give yourself pep talks nonstop to like be back there? Jason believes in you, the singles popping, and then all of a sudden just bap, kicked in the nuts again. And you like it's hard as a human being psyche to keep getting back up. It's it, it's the people that do that make it, but don't how hard is it, Tyler Farr? Like, be real with me. Like, how far is it to to be like, oh my God, Aldine's with me. I'm out on the road. We're selling out arenas again we're doing this i'm back i got a record deal again my singles climbing i know that turkey hunting saves your ass because it's therapeutic but how hard is it tell me well and that's you know I, honestly chad i wish radio asked as good as questions if you did as you do because i'd have much more better interviews because they're like so how'd you get started <laughs> you know but serious that's a very good question and i do man i almost i, I you know I'm going to shoot you straight. It's, it's tough. And I, I'm not going to sit here and throw a pity party for myself. I've had a great career and I'm not trying to bitch at all. I have a beautiful wife, all this land right here behind me. I got 200 acres, a farm, a tractor, two labs, more cats than I'd like, but whatever. <laughs> um, but to me, I got it made. That's I never thought I'd have any of this, to be honest. It's like, oh, do you know you're going to be? Hell no, I didn't know I was going to be faint or have a hit, a number one, let alone three. I mean, these are bonuses. These are just, I don't look like I'm, I don't think that I'm owed that. These are all just gifts. Like, I'm like, wow, that's cool. Wow, that's even cooler. Wow, that's really cool. Now, you have them, and I'm competitive. Jason's competitive. You're competitive. Michael Waddell is competitive. There's a trend to people that are competitive. They want to succeed. They want to see others succeed. And they want their business to succeed. But there came a point, I don't know, it was probably a year, two years ago. Because um, I'd been on this roller coaster in the music industry. I had three number ones in a row. And I don't remember half the crap that happened in those five years, four years of my life. I, I can't tell you a lot of it because I, I didn't know. There's no manual. No one just gives you a book that says, hey, read this. You'll be fine. It's trial by error. There's a lot of hearts broken. There was, you know, I was just doing the best I could, trying to be kind, making friends. And that's it. Just I, don't, I didn't know how to do it. So you do that and you blow by it and you, I was very grateful for it, but you sit back now, man, I wish I'd just chilled out and just smelled the roses and really soaked in the first time I played the Opry, really soaked in when I had it. And you couldn't have told me that when I was doing it, but now I wish I could tell my old me that because it's just like your eyes you get older you know my wife just we uh we just started trying to have kids a few months ago 
And Lord forbid, everybody buy damn helmets if I have a kid. But um, it you just start thinking differently. It's hard to explain. No, I dude, it's not hard to explain. And I could write, I could come, I could sit on that porch with you right now and drink ten beers with you and talk about. But here's yeah, what I mean, and it's just, it's just, I'm in a different place than I was. And it's but, hard but to, you're, but you almost got. You have to also realize that you were a hit maker. You were a source of income for a lot of people that didn't give a flying rat's ass if you were stopping to smell the roses they were go 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 foot on the gas it does not matter because of the more we get out of far right now the more we get padded and the next one's going to come when far gets tired or his voice goes out or he might not have a hit or he might get fall down that whole industry part of it is like wait a minute it's not necessarily your fault because you were going along with what people, the, the radio, the management, the promoters, all of that stuff is in your face all the time. I, I, I could say the same thing like, man, I got to hunt the flooded timber in 2001 and people would die to hunt the flooded timber. I hunt it multiple times every year and I wish like heck I'd look back then and pump the brakes and knew what was sitting there in front of me, but it was just go, 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 build the brand. Bandit's got to get big. Foul life's got to get big. And the next thing you know, you're sitting here 20 years later, not that it's been 14 years later since we started the foul life. And you're like, man, where did it all go? What happened? I'm, I'm what, 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 I wish I would have stopped and, and, but hey, there was, you know, a, you know why that happens? Because that's not where you're supposed to get your happiness from. Exactly. And you find that out as you get older. You're like, oh, maybe I should listen to the old man upstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I made a milli. Oh, I made two Whatever. I made a few Whatever. Oh, I'm not going to keep getting happiness from my... Okay. I get... Oh, I have to live with me and respect myself and treat my wife better and really just appreciate everything I got. Oh, I think I get... You know, it's just you start appreciating the little things, or at least I hope people do. But the, for me, that's what it was. It was going, Whoa, wow. I had things way backwards. <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I started going, man, this, this feels paid for. That's how that, you know, I ain't got the biggest tractor, but that damn thing's paid for. And you, you just, you're more appreciative, more, it just, I don't, I've been very blessed and my wife has not left me and I don't know why, but I'm grateful for that too. Well, think about, but think about that statement, Tyler Farr. Think about how lucky you are. I think you're what, 35? 37. Think about how lucky you are to have what you have and now have the freaking mindset to realize it to where people get into their mid sixties and freaking throwing shit away still because they can't mature and get into that process of what life's all about because the, the whirlwind got them to, to, and they never got out of it. Think about how lucky you are to have a good woman and a good dog and a good piece of land and a farm and a friend like Culpepper to walk beside you in the Turkey woods. And you're only 37. There's people that go into their sixties that haven't got it right yet. And, and man, honestly, like, I'm glad you said that. And that's, uh, I love that you said it. Cause I, I never thought I'd say this, but I honestly think launching this new single, you know, yeah, I was on a roll for three, but I'm like, man, I could crush this stuff now knowing what I know now. I don't, I didn't blow up and gain 40 pounds or nothing. You know, I didn't, my voice ain't changed really. I said, Whoa let's kill this stuff. I'm, I got my head on right now. Let's do this. How I'll, let's do it. How it's supposed to be done now, knowing what I know. And it's like, 
it's almost like having a second chance. It's not, no one's counting going, well, this is a lot, but what I'm doing now, and I'm glad to be back because I feel like with Jason and having good friends, and I've always tried to surround myself by people I look up to and people that have big aspirations. And I think that just makes you a better person. I think that's just a general rule in life is you surround yourself. Don't, don't downgrade, upgrade. Write with people that are better writers because they'll make you a better writer. Hang out with people that are better Christian men and women, and they'll make you a better Christian. Hang out with people that treat their wife good and are good husbands. You'll be a better husband. And it's just a common rule. And that's I've, luckily, I've always done that. And I think my best years, I can honestly say, are ahead of me. And I think that that's why when you make a statement like, I don't know why my wife hasn't left me and thank God that Jason Aldean has given me this chance. My best friend started this indie label. You got to look at it like this too, of like you are successful because you have a talent. You're successful because you have a work ethic. You didn't, you did not have somebody come to your house and say, Hey, we're going to take you to Nashville and you're going to be, become rich and famous overnight. You worked your way up in the honky tonks and you left a place and moved on a whim of saying, I'm going to try to make it, which a lot of people get kicked in the teeth and never get the chances that you got. Those chances came because of your vision, your talent, your work ethic, and your passion in your heart. So you've got to look at it like this, in my humble opinion. And I would tell Waddell this the same thing because Waddell is the true rock God of hunting and the shit he went through and hunting is un will never be done again. It never was done before him and it will never be done again on that level. I watched it with my own eyes and still to this day <coughs> cannot believe what I saw the lines how long the lines were the meet and greets I mean the dude was a rock star still is <coughs> and he's just a great human being and a great hunter but I would tell Wadi the same thing your wife is sitting in there at her job and at her downtime and she's going I'm the luckiest woman in the world because I have I have somebody that realizes that Al Dean's going wait a minute we want to be around Tyler because they have the same thing in their hearts that you do in your heart for them. And that's what people like you and I, we always, we always shelf that. We always put that up on the shelf and say, do I deserve this? Why is this happening to me? What, why is this second chance come? It's because those people that are around you believe in you because of who you are. That's, that's the way that I see life. It's not happening just because you're, you're Jason Aldean's going, ah, man, I can afford to write this money off. I'll start this thing and just appease Tyler. Cause he's no, he believes in you. He loves you. You're his brother. Your wife's not leaving because she's not going, I'm writing him. She's going, that is a real true man to get back up and to keep going and to keep building. Now, are mistakes made in life? Are you freaking kidding me? If we were judged on our mistakes, I would have been freaking in hell a long time ago, and I ain't afraid to admit it. But that's what life and growth and maturity are all about. Michael Waddell would be in hell right now for his mistakes. He promised you, I promise you, he would tell you that. But the the way that you respond to that and the way you mature and the way that you the, the way that you start to live again is what counts. And that's what treating people the right way is. That's what engagement is. That all of that stuff is why you are getting successful again. Well, and I appreciate that very much. And what you said that it's so, here's the deal, man. Like, it's so easy to do it while everybody loves you. Like, oh, man, you, how, oh, congrats on your number one. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're so great. Oh, man. Oh, you're on TV. Saw you on the radio. Heard you on the radio. Saw you on CMT. That's easy to be happy then. And that's easy to live well then because you're just like, 
well, screw it. This is this is great. Let's go get in the hot tub. Let's go party on the yacht. La da da. You know, like whatever. Forget about it. And then like, but what separates the men from boys is how you handle failure. And that's with any industry, any job, any circumstance in life. That's what separates men from boys is going. Well, here you go, big boy. How you gonna handle this? Like, hey, here you go, far. Here's another slap in the face. We're gonna punch you in the nuts and pull the rug out from underneath you at the same damn time. What are you gonna do? You're laying on the ground. Your nose is bleeding. You may have cracked yourself, and you're sitting there going, "Well, hell, I guess I'll just get up, try again." You know, and that's what you do, and that's what I do. I mean, that's just what I do. But, and that's that's just me, and. That may be the only thing I have going for me because I, I won't give up. I mean, but what about what um, about the fa- what about the fact that you have you have people like Willie Robertson believe in you, Tyler Jordan and, and Culpepper believe in you? What about the fact that your wife believes you? What about the fact that Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean believe in you? That those guys could arguably sell out any arena in America at any given time. There's really nothing. There's nothing that you can't. <laughs> You can't take that away from the fact that you have all that. You, you're you giving this opportunity for a reason because you treated these people with dignity and respect. I'm not saying that, that, that mistakes were made. I don't know your whole personal history, but I do know that you did enough to show them like we want this guy in our circle. And that's why the opportunities are coming. And that that's where things get not weird. They were weird at first. I was like, well, how did this happen? Okay, that's how so I met Willie years ago. I met Willie 12 years ago when I was playing with Colt Ford. Did I even think there was a small fraction of a chance I'd be owning part of Buck Commander with him, Adam LaRoche, Ryan Langerhans, Tom Martin, Jason Aldean, and Luke Bryan? Absolutely the hell not. Like, But I treated him just like a human being. I treat everybody the same. I may miss a podcast. That was a joke because I missed no. the one. That- yeah, but but we're gonna get into the reason why is like yeah. if it, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's we'll a difference. I mean- there's a difference in that respectfully, and a difference in doing things out of just being a dick. You know, you don't you didn't you don't do it for that reason. You did it for the right reason. The, the thing is, like meeting Willie years ago, and it's like all of a sudden, and then like meeting Jason, and Jason don't have a lot of friends. Like you got to understand, this is a type. He's very like. Protect. He don't let anybody in, really. Like a very small group. I mean, we go to his house. It's his mama, his daddy, his stepdaddy, stepmama, his sister, and Chuck Wicks, because Chuck is dating her, his sister. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, that's, and maybe Tombo or Silver or whatever. And that's it. I mean, it's a small group. And I just met Jason because I went up on his bus. I said, hey, man, appreciate you having me on tour. Big fan of yours. Always loved your stuff. And it just went from there. And it's just treating people like you want to treating, treat people like you would want to be treated. And that's all I did. And then some people like Willie, like Jason, like Luke, I have things in common with, and which is hunting and stuff. And I'd had no idea it would evolve into me being able to make money and work with these guys that I'm like, well, why did I meet? What happened with, yeah, I got them in the redneck crazy video. That was a chance of luck. Oh, what now Willie asked me to be a part owner and buck. It was just, it, it, if people say there's not a God, they're full of crap. 
because that that stuff didn't just magically you know happen by pure luck like it was meant to happen like this way you know what i'm saying yeah and it, and it all comes back because the, things happen in mysterious way god works in mysterious ways and you a lot of people don't even know what they're doing when they're doing it and a lot of times and what you started this with is when when you're going through that roller coaster you don't know what the heck's going to be coming your way 10 years down the road nobody in the world can predict that but the fact that you walked up on the bus and did that the fact that you shook willie robertson's hand as a human being i that is why when it comes tenfold that they're still there because you could have big leagued him. You could have thought that your shit didn't stink and that you don't go up on his bus because you're Tyler Farr and you got redneck crazy and you don't care how many number ones Al Dean's got. You're going to be big. That attitude exists too, but you don't have, you didn't take it that way. You laid it down of, I remember the first time I met you freaking, I could tell everybody on this podcast where we were, where we went, how it happened. And they're, 12 years down the road, uh, that, that was uh, the year that me and you met was in 2010. And here we are 10 years later sitting here talking about hunting and life again. It comes full circle if things are meant to be and people do things the right way. And a lot of times we take that for granted. We take that ability for granted. And that the other part that goes into it is that people, my personality, and I talk about this before, is that you have a hard time accepting the success when it gets there. You work, 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 late nights, 18-hour days, traveling, grinding, 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 and then all of a sudden the red carpet's there, opportunities there, the yacht's there, the barbecues are there, and what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to now say, no, I'm not going to enjoy this part of life, or a lot of people like what I just said, I'm like, man, why is this all happening? I don't know how to accept this. All I know how to do is work. Well, it's there because you've been working hard. You've been treating people right. Some people look in from the outside and they'll knock you down because they don't understand what you did to get there. Oh, you just, you just some phony dude that has some number one. No, the dude had raw talent and took a risk. I took a risk. I bet everything on myself. I could have very easily went and got stayed in the toilet pumper business, the construction business. That's what I was in. I could have very easily stayed there, but I saw this opportunity and I, I risked it. I said, I'm going to try it. And here we are this many years later with Bandit and the Foul Life and podcasts and friends like you and Tyler Jordan and Michael Waddell. I would have never thought in a million years, Michael Waddell would tell Philip Culpepper, man, I love Chad Bell. I would have never thought that when I first met Michael Waddell. He, I was just googly eyed. Like that's the cream. That's the, the, that's everything in hunting right there. And I tell him that today, if it wasn't for Michael Waddell, I wouldn't be doing this. But with that being said, I understand that the, the work ethic and, and, and all of that success was earned. You can't hate on that, man. You got to be able to accept that part of it. You were talking about not being able to accept the time off or the red carpet. And so I, and I'll tell you what, what I have done and I'm glad I did it. Like this, you know, quarantine, this pandemic that's going on, everybody's freaking the hell out over and whatever. When this happened, I'm like this could not have happened at a better time. Cause I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna invite the boys up from Georgia, and we are about to shoot the ever living crap out of turkeys. And I gave it to myself just a month because I've never really just given myself time to enjoy what I've worked my butt off for, which is all of this. You know, this is what I work for, so I can have a farm to turkey hunt on. Yep. Yeah, and and if you if you think that you don't accept that, then. It, it, I mean, if you think it's easy to accept that, it's so hard in a lot of people's eyes because they'd never get to the point of being able to go, man, I can slow down and enjoy this right now. And it goes right back to what you just said. Why couldn't you when it was all happening? Because you weren't, you're, you weren't doing it on, you weren't 
in the position that you are right now, you're just a robot making a lot of people a lot of money and doing things that need to be done. Not saying that you weren't enjoying it. Of course you were enjoying a lot of it, but it's the people that get wrapped up in that, that can't and don't get out of it, that don't understand, that don't get to enjoy these parts that you're getting right now. You literally are giving at 37 years old, there's people that haven't had one number one hit. There's people that never met Jason Aldean. There's people that have never been in a writer's round like you've been in. They're still fighting and clawing for that. You've had all these number one hits. Now you have all this chance of a new business with Buck Commander and you're getting ready to be on the radio again. So to me, it's all fitting into that whole analogy of how do you treat people and how do you learn to accept it and build on it? Because a lot of people screw that part of it up. I can name a lot of people, but I won't. And uh, oh yeah, what well, I could too. But that's that's the thing, man. They say, "What's what do you?" you know, I meet new artists all the time. They're like, "What's the biggest advice you have? Best advice you have?" And man, it's a lot of them screw that. That's one of the how you treat people is. It could possibly be seventy five percent of being an artist. To that, I'm, I'm not joking. That's an accurate as like that high. Singing, ten percent. You know how many people can sing in this country? Millions. There's a bunch of great singers. You hear them in churches. You hear them on American Idol. You hear, you know, in a bar. There's there's millions of great singers. There's singers that are better than me, Jason, Luke, Brian, Chris. I mean, all these people that no one's ever heard of. They're just are, and you know that. But so that's ten percent. The other ten is like not letting people screw you and having a little bit of smart. And then I'm going to go ahead and say all the rest of it is how you treat people and the relationships you're able to make, how you handle people. Are you full of crap? Do you follow through with stuff? You say you're going to do something. Do you do it? How do you, you know, present yourself? Do you act like you're a badass and like make people go, well, I don't know, hang out with him. He's an idiot. Dude. Just how you handle yourself. And uh, I've always been just a big, I've just always loved not even just music. I'm not a comedian by any means, but I'm always just like pleasing people, making people happy, make them laugh. That's what about, I, what about when the pressure was there the first time when it was stressful, when you were chasing a number one hit? Cause when you get another one or when you get one, you got to have another, you got to taste it again. <clears throat> even though you're happy with that one, you're competitive. Your management's like, well, we're going to get another one. Then guy walks into bar, got to get another one. Boom. Somebody walks up to you, hey, Mr. Farr, how you doing, man? You've had it up to up to here with people and interviews and reporters and radio programmers and 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 meet and greets and the and the people booking the shows and the all of that stuff. You've it gets to a point. Do you still treat everybody a hundred percent perfect? Were there mistakes made? Like like maybe you showed somebody up or you disrespected somebody because you were running too hard? Did that ever happen? No. You never let that get out in front of you. And that is probably not, why not, not one time I can, I can't, if I did, if I'm, if someone felt that I was just a jerk or a bad human being, then they absolutely want That's on them. That ain't on me. I've, that's one thing I haven't, I've never had to worry about. And if, it, if they did, they probably can't take a joke and they probably needed to tough up and quit being a little, you know what I mean? But <laughs> that's the one thing I can say is I always, always, I don't fan. I don't care if it's a construction worker, a fan, a manager, a tour manager, a label head. You're getting treated like a human. 
I don't care how many number ones I've had. I don't, I don't care how many years it's been since I've had a number one. You're going to get treated the same every single time with me, and that's it. Yeah, and I think that that's why you just wrote the book on why you're getting the opportunities that you're getting. I think that that's a huge part of it and that you can't take away the fact that something happened with Willie, something happened with Aldine in the past that made them see the core and the substance and the roots. And there's a lot of fakeness that can happen in a town like Nashville in core, in substance, in roots, and people trying to be somebody that they're not and getting away from who they really are. And when that happens, the authenticity will be shown. It will be revealed someday of who you really are. And that's where, that's where a lot of people miss the boat is that they don't understand that it will come full circle. You are going to have to meet up with somebody again that... What that guy, wait a minute. I treated that guy there that night and now he's running this company over here. I don't know how many stories I could tell you about getting told no by somebody getting frustrated, but treating them the right way. And then six, seven years down the road, they're bigger and they're better at another company. And they call you and say, Hey, we might have a place for you here. I could tell you that that just now happened to us. So that, I think that that's a big part of it is like knowing how to deal with that and figuring out how do I put my best self forward and not getting away from who I truly am. I don't want to be unauthentic and what that comes back down to is god you just be a godly man and just treat just just be a good person this isn't rocket science i'm a redneck over here i got well i used to have go crap they died but um (laughs) but you know i'm sweating i smell the high heaven it's like you just that's what you're supposed to that's what we were put on earth to do is treat people good and just be a good person do the right thing it don't matter if you had hits or you didn't have hits or you're doing it. I don't care if you're a, a garden plower or a trash man. It don't matter. You're just supposed to treat people good, and that's it. Like, I don't care what you're doing. The, the thing is, nowadays, people are all wrapped up on this thing, right? The feel-good machine. I break this over my kneecap and not twitch a muscle. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm, uh, I've had to rely on it because of what's going on now because I've had to do shows and, uh, you know, me and – me and Aldine and Tombo are doing the Buck Commander Instagram live thing tonight. It's fun to see your friends and we cut up and stuff. And it's cool to have the technology, but man, people have been abusing technology for years and it's, it separates family. It separates marriages. It separates people from what the era I would like to be in, which is the great frontier, the wild West doc holiday tombstone era, which is my deal. I love it. Like, so, you know, I can't, I don't have my phone. Oh my God. Shut up. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Go eat a steak and shut up. They, I think that, I think that the phones have their place, but they're a feel good machine. And, and I don't know if you've written with Brent Cobb, but he made a point to me one time about, he's awesome. He's one of the best. And he told me, he said, he said, loneliness is okay, bub. Depression's okay. I like to feel it all. I like to write when I'm high. I like to write when I'm sober. Loneliness is okay. Everything is, is, is meant to be. And we can't wake up in the morning and grab onto this little four inch feel good machine and go through our Instagram and be like, Oh, she's happy. Oh, she's prettier than me. Oh, he's more successful than me. Oh, he's got a number one hit. Oh, he sold out this arena because it's just all, it's just too much, too much. And if you just lay there by yourself and understand and get to know who you are, then you're not going to worry about whoever's selling out an arena, whoever's got the next red carpet rolled out for him. And I could totally see Brent saying that. Like, that's so Brent to say that. And it's, it's genius. It's great. I mean, that's totally how I feel. And it's, 
it's like, when did it, when is it bad? Like, Oh, we don't feel good. We have to go do something. Yeah. What we can't just drink, sip on whiskey and cry. <laughs> exactly. What exactly. That? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with loneliness? If everything's perfect. Why, did, why is there a Bible? Yep. Why do we, you know, why do we have a higher power? Why do we do that? Why do we pray? Why, I mean, are you kidding me? Like be sad, be lonely, drink a little bit. Hell, get drunk sometimes, cry, you know, be happy when you're happy, you know, toss a few back, go down the river, you know, go hunting, you kill a turkey, be happy. But, there's, but that's a hard thing there, to swallow. There are, there are emotions. People feel them. Without emotions, guess what? There wouldn't be country songs. No, there wouldn't be country songs and there wouldn't be relationships because nothing, nothing is a bed of roses. And that's why, that's why getting to know somebody on so many different levels is so important. That's what Al Dean did with you. That's what Willie did with you. That's what Luke did with you. That's what your wife did with you. They know the substance, right? That's what Culpepper knows. Look, you could easily judge Michael Waddell of just be like, man, that dude's always happy. That dude's got it made. But they don't know how, what he's done and what he's went through and what he's worked. They don't know what you've gone through. Getting to know somebody, the story, pump the brakes, get off of these little things and have a conversation again, get to understand somebody through just talking with them and not sending the three little words that say something that's supposed to mean something, but really it was just a, a way of passing the buck. Like, do you really pick up the phone and call your mama? Or do you just text her and think that that's okay? I get caught up in that sometime. No, I got to call my mom more. I want, she's my mom, but these things have made it feel like, Oh, it's okay. Just to text her and say, I love you every day. No, but it's about getting in front of them. It's about being around them. It's about getting to know and what they're feeling and what they're going through because life is a mother you know what and it can kick you and keep you down if you freaking let it period it just really can and you and you were talking about relationships you know with you know marriages with emotions a, a marriage a relationship without emotion a marriage without emotion is a arguing fighting loving all of it without emotion it's a failed marriage that that will never work because that means one of y'all are hiding something. And with me and my wife, hell, we'll yell and cuss at each other all the damn time. <laughs> but there, it is never one time that it's not out there. I mean, it's just, just, it's all out. She knows what I'm feeling. I know what she's feeling. If she thinks I'm pissed, guess what she's going to say? Hey, babe, why are you pissed? Well, you pissed me off. That's why. <laughs> and then she may not acknowledge that and be like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm going to go back in here and go to bed, you know, <laughs> whatever. But there it's communication, man. I think our country is lacking so much communication and it's so funny because now we have all these ways to communicate, but are we really communicating? Oh, if you ask me, no, no. We're Do not. you think you, you understand like words like, the art of negotiation. Like there's so many people that I'm around to where like, they don't, they don't even know how to talk across the table. <clears throat> Not that I can't, that I'm any better, but you see this, this generation of people that are losing touch with human interaction because everything is done through instant messaging and through social media and you, social media has its place for business. In my opinion, I, I truly feel that like I am of the, of the, of the mindset, like I would be ignorant if I didn't evolve with it and market with it because there is a potential customer base there. But I don't know if I'd have it if I didn't have a brand. I don't know if I just had a daughter and I just had a little family. I don't know if I would be trying to showcase that to the world or even my followers every day. And here's why. 
I feel like, and it just happened the other day, and I don't know if you did this, and I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just talking about how I feel as a person. I didn't get on there and put a picture of me and my mom on there and wish her happy Mother's Day because my mom is my mom, and I brought her out to the house. I cooked her an unbelievable dinner on the Traeger. She hung, hung in my backyard with the family, and we loved it. I put a little thing on there that just said happy Mother's Day from the Traeger Nation, but I'll, my social media was inundated with picture after picture after picture of I have the greatest mom in the world. I, I, I just want to send this shout out to my mom and all this. Now, look, is there a place for that? I don't really know that if I think that Tyler Farr doesn't love his mom and she didn't raise him right, that is sanctity between them. That is authenticity between them. That is sacred to me. For me to be able to say, mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. I don't need the rest of the world to know that I have a great mom. And that's what social media, that's the pressure that it puts on us. That I got a, I got a, I got a big buck. I better put a picture of it up there. I got a great mama. I better put a picture up there and wish her. What about when, when you wish your friend a happy birthday? I got to send a happy birthday to Jason Aldean today. That is part of the business thing. But if you weren't in business with Jason Aldean, couldn't you just call him and go, Hey brother, you're my brother. I really want to wish you a happy birthday. We've gotten away from that because it's okay just to show the world that we can wish somebody a happy birthday or it's happy mother's is. day. Trying to show the world how, how great of a human you are. Right. Look, Exactly. Good I am. I promise I'm good. I swear I'm good. I told my mom happy Mother's Day. Now, now with my mom, like, and here's a little bit of acceptance. It's like, I don't get to see my mom at all hardly because she lives freaking 10, 12 hours away from me. So I put a picture up, actually put a picture up because I think she was pissed at me because I hadn't called her in a couple months. But, <laughs> but, but like, I, I totally get that. Like, but the, I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm right no, in no, saying that no, or wrong. Here's a, here's a prime example. Look, look on my Instagram and see how many times I'm posting pictures of my wife and go, Oh my God, look how smoking hot my wife is. Uh, look how nice she is. Oh, she's so, you know, I put her a thing up around the nurses thing. And I just said, I respect my wife just to make the world. Work. You ain't going to see me posting all kinds of pictures of me and my wife. That's our deal. And there's something, it's just like, and some things need to be a little sacred. That's, that's my only point in it is that I could, there's some things that. How many pictures does George Strait take with his wife and just, they're on there. He don't even, I don't even, I don't even think he runs his. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, but if George Strait is at an award show, that's the only time you're going to see him with a picture with his wife. The world don't need to see all that. That's no, y'all marriage. No. That's a, that's a whole you know, commute with y'all two to get, that's, it's supposed to be sacred. I struggled. I struggled with this with my nine-year-old. She, <clears throat> I had Griggs on here and I told him, I said, am I wrong to do what I did Griggs in this instance? And she went on her first duck hunt, nine years old, gets her first canvas back with a 410 pistol. The yellow lab brings it back. Pistols owned by a 79 year old man. That's in the Boone and Crockett hall of fame. He's killed every big game animal in North America and he's duck hunted all over the world. And he's a very successful man. It was his 79th birthday. My daughter was nine. The dog pistol brings the canvas back bull canvas back Drake into the boat. She's bawling. I look at Les. He's crying. He's been there, done this a million times with dead ducks. I start crying and I'm like, and Remy Warren, a good buddy of mine in the hunting industry is with us helping me. And I'm like, this is my daughter's first duck. So I film some of it and I get a reaction and I get, you know, what this duck means to not just me, 
It, I mean, it brought back duck hunting to me in a different way. It brought back duck hunting for the first time with my daughter and this 79 year old man's crying because he's like, oh my God, this is so, this is what duck, this is what hunting's all about. I struggled Tyler Farr to put that up on social media. Cause I'm like, that is so internal and sacred to me that I got to witness this, but I did. And I asked Griggs and T-Bone and some other people like, am I wrong for putting this out there? And they said, no, you have every right to put that out there. But a lot of things that a lot of things with my daughter are sacred in that fact. You know what I mean? Like I don't need it all out there. Every time she does something or performs in school, that's for me and her to love. And I, I want to keep that sacred with me and her always. So I get it. Like sometimes you're going to do it, but I, I think a lot of times social media makes us feel like we need to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing, you know, I, I could have a kid any day now. I mean, not me. I mean, I can't birth a kid obviously, but uh, <laughs> my wife said, Hey babe, I'm pregnant. And that's the thing that worries me the most, to be honest with you. Well, exactly what you're talking about is, I mean, the world's a different place. I feel old when I'm talking about stuff. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if, if, if it's okay just to showcase that kind of thing all the time. I don't know what's accepted anymore. I don't know. I don't, I don't freaking know, man. I just know that a lot of things should be held sacred and they don't need to be put out there all the time. And a lot of people do it in excess. So anyway, it's each their own. That's what social media is. I guess you can use it. If you don't, if you're tired of seeing somebody's deal, don't follow them, right? That's the whole ideology of just quit following. What? But I'm just thinking like as a person, don't you think that we can hold a little bit more of this to our hearts and closer to our heartstrings and keep it more sacred? But maybe I'm off my rocker and that we should be putting everything out there every single time that our kid climbs a wall or writes his first sentence. Let's put it out there because we're so proud of him. No, man, I'm going to share that with them and that's all I need out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, old Cold Pepper Daddy just woke up. He's in the bath right now. He's- what, 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 let's transition off of life. What makes Cold Pepper? Whenever he comes out of the shitter, we'll get him on here. What, what makes him a good turkey hunter? You've been around him enough. What, what does he have? Well, look at him, first of all. So turkeys like what he looks like? He is a male model. I can't talk about, I can't talk friends up when they're around me. You know that. <laughs> so is he just average? He's a persistent little bastard. I'll tell you that much. He stays after him. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, well, he's a little taller than I am, but his, his strides are quite a bit longer, but, uh, <laughs> then I th- he's, uh, he's, got, he's open to learning, you know, that like what we were talking about earlier, you know, He's not some arrogant dude that thinks he knows it all. He learned, you know, he learned around Waddell. He learned around Eddie Salter. He learned around these, you know, all these iconic callers. Now, if you're an arrogant little prick, you ain't going to learn from nothing. You're going to say, like, oh, I can call it as good as they can. That's not how you do it. Yep. And then if you do it and you listen and you're nice to people and stuff, you end up getting to work and do it. Like, you know, Philip doesn't work in the – the outdoor industry with one of the biggest names in the outdoor industry for the rest of your life. And that's a pretty, pretty solid career to me. You know? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I didn't want to say, I wanted to be in the outdoor industry. Singing was like my backup plan. Yeah. Cause you used to drop off CDs all the time at <clears throat> different hunting booths. I remember on the first podcast, how you saw the CD I had signed by you in the table. Oh yeah. I'm like, Hey, pass this around. I need to get a record. It's like make money so I can hunt. Yeah, so I can go buy, buy, put up shops and buy all these UTVs and bass boats. and But y'all have been wearing them out. Turkey hunting's been good. Have you been cooking any of them? Oh, yeah. We've uh, we've had uh, one 
He said, here, come over here and talk to him. You Put have your one what? Get presentable. Man, I'm gonna tell you what, Chad. We've uh, I've been calling my house the redneck frat house. <laughs> <laughs> Philip has been here for two weeks. How do you pledge into that? How do you get how do you get pledged into that deal? Uh, you just show up. Did, that, that's what he did. He just showed the hell up. You just showed up. Yeah, he's like, hey, What's I'm up, Cole Pepper? Man, how's it going, buddy? How are you, brother? I'm good. Hey, man. you talk to him for a minute now. You've been having fun up there. Yeah, man, we've been turkey's been tough the last couple of days, but it's uh we're going we're going to go full court press on here the last two days of the season, so we'll see how it goes. So you start? Did you start in Florida? Yes, originally we started uh, the first weekend of March in Florida, and we've been pretty much hard at it ever since. So man, over sixty days of just straight turkey hunting. It is. Um, I got fortunate enough. I just you caught me. I just woke up from what few naps we've had all year. Is uh, got one today, so it's it's been a. It's been fun, but it's been a it's been a grind. Will you try to get one this evening going back to the roost? Yeah, well, that's our plan. Our plan is actually uh, my dad and, and good buddy Michael Pitts is up here. So um, between me and Tyler, we may even split up and uh, try to film those guys. So we're, we're going to try to – we know a couple of bends in the river that are roosting, so that's where we're going to head this evening. All right, so some turkey questions for, for Cole Pepper. Where – have you killed a Grand Slam, just the North American Grand Slam, the four in, in, that would be – that you got the Eastern, the Rio, the Miriams, and the Osceola. Have you done all of those in, in, in different parts of the, the continental United States? Yes, I, I've been fortunate. I've done it one time. Have you done Mexico? I've not done Mexico. Okay. Um, in continental United States, Cole Pepper. And I've, I've, I asked this question to turkey hunters because I'll go to Kansas and just wear them out. Like just, I'm the greatest turkey hunter in the world when I'm in Kansas because I, I cut and they come, right? And then you go other places in the country and you literally feel like you should never turkey hunt again. Where, oh, yeah. are, the, where are the most difficult, consistently difficult turkeys? What state would you say is the number one hardest turkeys to kill? Man, I'm going to, and I obviously I grew up in the South. I'm from Georgia, but. I'm going to say if I had to – it's hard to pick just one, but I'm going to say that you take your pick, you, you can go blindfolded and pick between Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. And that's well, I, 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 Alabama is always number one, and Mississippi's always right there too. And those are the two states where I went, and I'm like, I will never be successful in this state. Unless – like if it would have been the TSS days, I may have got okay at maybe a 70-yarder. But I don't want to shoot a turkey at 70 yards, Cole Pepper. I just don't want to. And that's my, that's my question to you is – I got two questions and I ask, I've asked every turkey hunter that I ever talked to this and I give a lot of people a lot of crap about this. Um, with the advancement in the technology of the shotguns and the ammo, do you still pride yourself in getting them tight and right every time? Or is it okay to kill one at 70 if they're not coming the rest of the way? If you've been practicing and patterning and everything's ethical, or is there such thing as an ethical shot at 70 or 80 yards on a big old tom? I definitely think it's, it's a, you know, c compared to obviously you got to know your equipment, kind of like bow hunting. I think some people don't, don't believe you should shoot past 30 yards, 35 yards of a deer. I, 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 if I believe if you have the confidence in your ability to do it and know what your bow does and, and, and know what your equipment does, which in this situation, whether it's choke, shotgun, TSS, you know, whatever you're shooting, I, I, if you know your, your gun can do it, I, I don't see a problem with it. Um, as far as pride and getting them close, yeah, we still do 
do pride and trying to get them close and, and you know, and, and get them as close as we can without But right them. now we'll shoot them wherever yeah. we can get them. <laughs> okay, so let me let me ask you. I got two more questions. Get them out of the helicopter if I could. So, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of oh. – Right now they're all dead. So uh-huh. is it is it okay is it okay Culpepper to what they call reap or is this against the tradition of the southern man the southern turkey hunter is it against the tradition and the religion of turkey hunting to get behind on your knees and crawl up there and let that tom come up there shoot my, my opinion on that is and there's a lot of people that have obviously that's that's a hot topic it is is and I talked to somebody the other day who was who was slamming us a little you bit give for yours doing that. and I'm gonna give mine. And uh, my, my my if it's legal, my opinion is it's it's, it's just like switching from a, a slate call to a diaphragm. It's another trick in the bag, you know. So it, it is, and and I trust me, I've seen it up here the last four or five days hurt us more than it's helped us. You know, trying to but I, but I traditionally yes, that's my last go to thing just because. Turkeys are so finicky, and some of them are just antisocial, and and some of them, on the other hand, they'll come run you over. But I, I don't, I don't necessarily like to go out there and just run around with a little thing, you know, everywhere you go. So, I, but but I, I do. It is a, a sensitive topic. Um, I don't see, I don't see an issue with it. I think it's just another trick in the bag to try to get a turkey because that's at the end of the day, we're all out there to have fun and get turkeys. And, and I know, I know, with that tactic, I've had people that I've taken and and have never turkey hunted and didn't have a clue would not have had the patience to sit there and like, man, I'm never doing this again. And you do something like that and it gets them hooked on it where they start a turkey hunt. So that's a, that's a great point. If, if you get them into it and, and, and it's ethical it's, and it legal real side of it that some people have never, never, and, I, and I've I, even a few guys to where they've turkey hunted a lot and have never done it. It actually, it, it trips the trigger of a turkey and it makes them do things that some people have never even seen before. So, um, I, you know, again, if it's, if it's something that's going to get one or two more people or get a kid a turkey and, and, and it's legal, I'm all about it. Tyler, you said you wanted to answer the same question. Oh, yeah. So here's my deal. You remember the Indians, them fellas? Yep. The headbands and knives and arrows and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? Whenever they were around, you think they're going, man, we shouldn't belly crawl in this turkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, they're going to criticize us over there, the old Christopher Columbus. We're just going to get shit from him. We belly crawl in this turkey. No, they did any means possible to kill that thing. Granted, nowadays are different. We have shotguns. We have crossbows. We have guns that shoot arrows. We have whisker-doos, whisker-dones, with or without the Mimi stick. But... Bottom line is, my wife thought that was funny. Bottom line is, if you're a you're a hunter, me like that's going to be my last resort. I, I'm with Philip totally on, on everything he said. So, am I going to go after him? And go, man, we got to get this one on footage. We got to get a call in. We got to get this crawl in today. That's what we got to concentrate on. No, we're here to kill a turkey, preferably. Him coming in, gobbling in, showing his hind end, coming into whatever. However, we can do it and get it on film to show people how much we love hunting. That's a, that's the main goal. And I and I do think there's there's a there's a there's a line there where, where where if you want to call some of us who film have gotten spoiled to where 
we're like, oh, he didn't, he didn't do enough. He didn't gobble. We're not going to shoot him and all. I'm like, man, you think back, like, even when, even when I first met Tyler, we grew up hunting and stuff like, man, you wouldn't, if you had a turkey in shotgun range, you was going to kill him. I mean, it's like, so how, how, how does that necessarily come across to, to, to everybody who's who's going, man, why wouldn't they kill that turkey? I'll brag on them real quick, him and Waddell. So when I was back with Mossy Oak, I went down to Georgia to hunt with them because we'd hunt every spring in full Mossy Oak. Old Bill Jordan, he get, well, Tyler, huh, well, you want, you know, he was like, oh, God, he's in full Mossy Oak. Me and him, Michael, hunted off camera, no cameras around, just went down there, to hunt, and that was what you were talking about earlier about just doing it because that's what you do. It's a pastime. That's what you do. And I, I think you got to do whatever you can to get. But people. I am going to say this, and it might it's going to go into your, about the American Indians and the Native Americans, and and you know by any means necessary. I say this with great pride, and I might I upset you two rednecks. I say this with great pride out of the state of Nevada because you know we got a ton of turkeys <laughs> here, and I am the turkey god. Turkeys should never be shot in archery with a bow and arrow. They should always be shot with a shotgun, dead, barely any flopping with the technology of ammo now. And I feel that archery hunting for a turkey is a no-no. And I hope that Bill Jordan doesn't hear that. I said that around him. I said it to Waddell. I said it to T-Bone. We're We're both in. I totally agree with you. I would rather, endorse this product. I'd rather get them. I'd rather get two yards because you know because you know what bow. what and it's probably the same thing you're thinking. I shot turkeys with a bow and they were dead to rights. I mean, smoked them in a jolly washer, and they went down. I'm like, oh yeah, we're here. Oh, on up here in Pulaski, just smoked this big old gobbler with a hundred grain, seventy five grain broadhead. This some bitch deader than hell. Go up there, he gone. <laughs> yep. And we're not about and listen i know you're this is what you're saying we're not about animal suffering or anything i just as soon launch a grenade at them <laughs> all i'm saying all i'm saying is there's certain animals on this earth with hunting and i i agree with what Pepper said and you've touched on it tyler far if it's ethical and it's legal and we want to get people in and we want to promote this lifestyle and this culture by all means let's do it and let's stay legal and ethical i understand there's different mentalities even in that part of our in, in, in part of our lifestyle but certain animals a flying goose, a flying duck. You saw Chris Brackett try it in the past. He's a whatever world, whatever he did, he was good at it with a bow. Fred Eichler will get on the camera and go, we'll get on there and say stuff like, we'll hunt anything with a bow. Now what Brackett did in his career, I'm not going to judge it. What ju- what Fred Eichler does in his show, I'm not going to judge it. But if Fred Eichler and his wife were sitting right here, I was on their ranch in Colorado, and they said, we're going turkey hunting, but we're bringing our bow, I would say, okay, I am not going to argue that, but I would tell Eichler, these are one animal on earth. Goose, duck, granted, Eichler, Eichler's kind of the Michael Jordan of bow hunting too, and so he's the he's, best there is. But I would tell him, and, and it's hard to say that in front of a Fred Eichler. But I say there's certain animals that need to be shot with a shotgun, and a turkey is one, and a duck and a goose is one. Take their head, smack the ground. That's how I've always seen it. And, and the other thing is, is that when you when they pull back and you see the guys do it, it's like so anticlimactic to me. Um, and I've been there live. I'm not talking about a TV film hunt. I'm talking about live. It's just like, man, it's, this is meant to go down with a 12 gauge or even the 20 gauge with TSS. And now 410s are doing it with TSS. But I just have that in my heart. Like when I said that to Waddell in Nashville on the podcast, I'm like, oh, he's going to just fly off and just give well, me a good one. He goes, he says, I'm right there with you, buddy. He goes, I'll never. 
never hunt with the bow. We shoot them right in the damn head. Let make them go down. Yeah, he's like he's all about the gun. So I don't know. I uh, turkey hunting's different where y'all are because if you come out this way. We don't have we don't have them in where I live, right? We had to trade states for wild sheep for their turkeys, and then we transplanted them into our state. And then the coyotes said, "Oh, that's an easy buffet because where the turkeys come from, they weren't used to seeing this many coyotes, huh?" It gets complicated there, don't it? It gets real complicated, and we just don't have turkeys. So growing up. I wasn't a duck hunter or a turkey hunter. I was a freaking chucker hunter and a mule deer chaser. What? <laughs> chucker, it's a partridge that lives up in the rim rocks of Idaho, Nevada, eastern Washington. Really, really fun bird to hunt. I don't hunt them anymore because I'd rather call ducks. But turkey hunting, when I first got to do it, the first place I ever did it was in Kansas. And then I went to Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Then I went around Nashville. Then I went to Arkansas. Then I started getting in the, the foul life started getting bigger. So I was getting all these opportunities. And I just fell in love with the ability and i got to this point too culpepper and you might tell me i'm an idiot for saying this and don't be by all means tell me i barely even like getting them on the roost anymore i don't even like being there in the dark barely except to hear the gobbles and the earth come alive and nature come alive i'm like a a 10 o'clock cut them they're coming off that first hen and i I like getting deep in the woods and then cutting one and then you know getting up on them and then and then getting them to come to you with that what's that she does attend to two, girl. I'm, my, I'm so addicted to it, though. I just soon go ahead and get one off the roof, and then I'll meet you at 10. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is it, Culpepper? Why do you use the words? Why do you use words like addicted? How can you get addicted to something that is, that is so um, – you, you can't do it all year – heroin you can do all year jack daniels you can do all year (laughs) he's talking about addiction you get addicted to drugs culpepper you get addicted to alcohol you uh, why do you use a word why do hunters use a word like addiction why do we how do how do we get both of you can but how do we get addicted culpepper first to to turkeys it's a freaking big long-bearded turkey that we have on our thanksgiving table every year what is it culpepper about this lifestyle about this getting in the woods with tyler farr in tennessee right now starting 75 freaking days ago in florida you got to be out of your mind right what is it that makes you go to this extent to freaking you could go get turkey house for two weeks yeah you could go get turkey meat anywhere in the world because it's like an ex-girlfriend you thought you loved (laughs) what is it culpepper that that is that makes you go i think it's something it it, it, to me it's something it's it's striving for that for that perfect moment in my opinion whether when you're talking to a turkey because what makes it me is is the conversation you can have with an animal and and you know, the closest thing I, I, I've seen to doing it is elk hunt to where it's those, those three weeks out of the year, the guys out west are absolutely – I mean, they, they plan their vacation to go guide, you know, and that's the closest lifestyle I've seen to it. But it's something about it to, to where it's the unknown. You know what you're looking for, but each instance is different, and, and you're looking for that perfect moment where you've got something convinced, hook, line, and sinker, that you're one of them, and he's coming in looking for you. And it's it, – it's, it's almost like it ones and it's not like killing a 200 and it's deer to where you like you do it and you're like, Oh man, that's it. It's like you're, you want to go do it again, you know, and, that, and whatever that is. And I, for some reason it's not for everybody, you know, and, 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 and that's what I compare it to as an elk because, you know, I've even heard Michael refer to him as the elk of the South because, you know, back home growing up, that that's what, that was just something that, that I don't know. It's, it just tripped the trigger to where it's like, Holy cow, I, I've got to, 
research this and study them and figure out how to get better at it to where even to this day, it's like each time you go out trying to figure out what, and, and, and Tyler will tell you, you know, anybody that's hunting on me, especially my buddies will tell you, it don't matter if we just come off killing 10 in a row. If one of them beats us, I'm obsessed with the one that beat us trying to figure out how we're going to go get it because that, that that's whatever that obsession is. I don't know. I mean, I, I love it. And it's, it's uh, but at the same time, it is a kind of a, a sickening thing because like how in the world you're just unbelievable I saw that's on your mind for three months is your you dad know? still but, but is your dad still uh, that way he my dad's pretty hardcore he, he is not right he, now he's, he's taking a nap <laughs> well you he's, need that as far as he's a i don't know if he's quite as aggressive as me as far as going to the ends of the earth to find one he's but, calmed down but, but he, he's mellowed out a little bit but he does he still has the fire of, of, of going you know even if it's by himself he's gonna go and try to figure one out and 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 get him down so i mean but you take that that obsession and you pair it with 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 being able to share it with your buddies and 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 it's not just sitting in a deer stand being quiet for four hours a time. And you can you can ride around and cover ground and, and see different parts of the country and, and different times of the day and hang out, go get go get a biscuit, talk about things, and then still do that. I think that's such, all that together is what's such a, a conglomeration of a, of a perfect animal to hunt and why it's such an obsession, if it makes sense. And it's hard for people to believe it without ever doing it because I know some people are like, man, I can't believe you turkey hunt. They don't even, they just see him pecking around looking for grasshoppers. They don't even, they don't, it's like they're not, they don't see the same animal that we're trying to hunt. And that's where I, that's where I was going with it is that people ask me, like, I I coined this deal a while back, 10 years ago, like, we merely exist in a duck's world. And our logo that we trademarked is the, a duck's foot, the greenhead's foot, the orange with his toenails, and the earth is in there. And he's holding, he's holding the, the earth and he just manipulates my every move. I think about him every day of the year. I I'm a good dad. I'm not saying that I'm a good person. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the duck, even when I'm being a good dad to my daughter, there's some part of my brain go, man, you need to think about a duck right now. And that's what's so cool about Turkey hunting and duck hunting and elk hunting in this hunting lifestyle is that people will drive by a pond in downtown Reno, Nevada and see a girl, a five-year-old girl feeding wonder bread to a greenhead and go, what in the frick is wrong with Belding that makes him go to the ends of the earth to chase one of those? And that little girl's got one in the palm of her hand right now. You drive through downtown Nashville or around Nashville at city limits or anywhere in the South, you'll see a, a, a flock of turkeys and you're just like, what would make Culpepper and Tyler Farr go into the deep woods where they could just sit here by this fire hydrant and lure one in here. And that whole mindset in that, the platform and the strategy and the woods and the, and the, the, the gear and everything that goes into it. And then the, the, the the talent that to achieve consistent success in the turkey woods is so freaking hard and so underrated in the hunting world because not a lot of people out here do it like y'all do it to get consistent success in the turkey woods is so freaking hard and how many shot this year I, i'm afraid to can you count that high it's, I, I keep a tally of it but but again we've had and and that's where it's almost you know, I've been very fortunate to hunt some good spots and spots with a lot of turkeys, you know, and so I know the old lady soft a rule of thumb, the best number one tip you can have for turkey hunting is you got to have turkeys. And, you know, I was like, but at the same time, it's, it's keeping that open mindset to, to not, if you go back to, if you kill 10 in a row saying, I got this figured out. I mean, we got it figured out. The, the minute you start thinking like that is the minute you're going to lose ground and you're going to start sucking as a turkey hunter because you, you got to, 
you've got to be open to be humbled by each each and every setup. And I think that's what you know, I think that's the 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 difference in some turkey hunters to where you you you've gotta you can't come in here I can't come up here and tell go, hey, there's a, I got one strutting up here in the backfield, been trying to kill. I can't, well, man, we just killed nine and eight days in Georgia. I'll come up there and we'll get him killed. You can't, if you think like that, you're going to be, you're, you're going to lose ground quick. And, you know, and I think you've got to, got to pay them due reverence and, and be willing to learn from them every time you go in the woods to get better. But at the same time, simultaneously, you get addicted with it to where you're like, you can see where, man, where you can make up ground. And then for me, that's where it's just a passion of, of like, holy cow, okay, well, I get better here, I can get better there. And then it's like, you think you see it all, then you see something here every time you go out to where it's like, man, I've got, I've got to fix this to where it's, it's a constant. It's, 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 never, it's never in. It's a constant circle. Now tell yeah. them how many you shot. We're up to 33 right now. So. <laughs> we're, we're or I? No, I, no. Feel, I think I, I've killed uh, – 33 would be frowned upon if he does. 33, 33 is what, you know, we've killed, you know, that I've seen get shot. But um, I think I've killed eight or nine. So Wow, it's a killer. It's, um, but so let me it, ask you this when it comes back, to – Real quick to what you were saying, though, about the people not understanding and, and they see the duck eating bread at the, in the pond. And, man, how in the world building? How can he go hunting that or what's he so obsessed with? It's not that tough. Same deal with turkey hunting is I've, t- I've, I've yes. been fortunate to take a few people who've never – been turkey hunting and i have a clue and where it's just be tough in alabama or georgia and like we'll go on like a three-day hunt and i'm and we'll go a day and a half riding and covering miles trying to find a turkey not here yeah, and they'll be sitting there going man and, and i can tell they're getting wore out and i'm like i promise you when we find what we're looking for it's going to be worth it whenever we find and when we finally there was a guy when we finally struck a turkey on like the afternoon the third day he comes in there burning up, and he shoots him, and it was in his mind. I could see it in his eyes. It's like it clicked. He was like, "Man, I get it. I understand. I understand why you're obsessed. I, I get it. That's the most yes. craziest thing I've ever done." So, no, and, I, and and that's what I was when I watch you, and I watch you know the Spring Thunder, or I watch Bone Collector. There was an episode that Michael did this year with the Alabama hunt with the hurricane and all that yeah. down there by Bessemer. That yeah, that was such a such a touching episode, uh, episode right? But you really saw the therapy it provided to that man that he got to take. And I wish that I got to see a little bit more. And that's why I want to come with you guys. And I always tell Michael, man, come on, let me, let me come down there. I just want to see it done right to what I think is done. Right. Like how I have had success out here. And I want to like go and see like, you know, is it, it's not brain science. I'm not saying that, but there's an, there's the ability that y'all have to consistently or get 33 of them on the ground. Y'all, you know, have the talent you guys have honed your skills and that's what i want to see when i watch you guys is like how are they doing that how long did they sit on that that morning decoy right there did did Culpepper have enough patience to sit did he just know that something was going to happen within two hours is it a three hour sit what am i really doing when they hit the ground um you see him out there on the hens and how do i get do i have to stay patient because once in a while while you're watching that gobbler one might just surprise you from over here that you didn't even know was on the property or you haven't got pictures of him or whatever and there's just so many different elements that i watched laying down in the turkey woods of like why are you so addicted to turkey hunting? It's because if they could smell, you'd probably never kill one. They have unbelievable eyesight. They pick up movement like freaking crazy. They are a very honed in animal that, that know their territory. And, and on top of it, as humans, we had the audacity 
to say, screw Mother Nature, we're going to reverse everything and we're going to go out there and act as a hen and bring the bring the big boys oh, to yeah. us when that's total opposite of what God created. Now we say, nah, we're going to we're going to make up our own deal. Right. right it's crazy. Exactly. It's crazy it, to me. You know, and it is. And, and I don't and I don't even necessarily hunt the way I did five years ago because it's just just what you learn and can get away with. And we're out of shape. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and as far as just being able to move on turkeys, and I think that's what and, – and granted, I do bump some turkeys, but but I do – wherever that gut instinct is of, of, of just knowing when to move, not to move, you know, and even seeing turkeys, reading their body language to where I think it's, it's just a conglomeration of taking notes for over years and years, you know, of, of – you know, it, it's it's no different than 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 seeing that duck in the farm pond. That's still a duck. And it's like if you can if you can ever have the open mindset to paying attention to it and taking notes to figure them out, that, that it's, it'll help you in the end. Hundred percent taking notes. So you you kill that many turkeys, but you don't like eating wild turkey, do you? Oh yeah. Oh good no. God. Oh, yeah. Come we, on. We've done that up here three or four times. I so is there is there, I, I, I think we it. ate one within like two hours of killing it. Is there only one way to do it if you're a southern man? Is it always late Crisco no, like, like T Bone says? I like it grilled and fried. I mean, I, I like it. You know, you, you know. And I was Tyler's introduced me to the new air fryer here. Um, we're going to try that out. Um, but but I but I like I like to grill it too. Oh, take a video of that and let me know how it is. Would you far? Um, I got to ask you this though, as far as the the wild turkey cuisine. When, when you, when you, is it one of the best social times in a hunter's life? Is that, is that bounty, that, that turkey fry or that crappie fry as you guys do down there, which I'm so envious of because we don't have that out here either. Is that something that you still thank your lucky stars every day, Culpepper, that you were brought up by a daddy and mommy that did that and that you got to have that culture and that mentorship of how here you are in your 30s or 40s now and you still are having fish fries, turkey fries, turkey camp. You get to sit with a number one hit maker several times, a, 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 you know, Tyler Farr plus a ton of other musicians you've been in camp with. Do you ever sit there, Culpepper, and go, what in the frick is going on? Like, I'm just this dude from Georgia and now I'm, working full-time for arguably the greatest and most innovative hunting company in the history of hunting in Bill Jordan's Realtree. And I get to be around all of these people that share this passion. Can you imagine though? Could you imagine this when you were in high school? Did you ever think that you'd be like traveling the country, shooting turkeys, making TV, listening to country music, having fish fries? Isn't the crazy, the social aspect of this and your network now that you've built, isn't it like you got to pinch yourself and go, you've got to be kidding me. You know, it, I, it's something I never would have imagined, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it is, I've been very blessed and fortunate to meet, you know, meet people and travel and hunt with folks. And, but, but it kind of gets back down to like when Tyler, me and him met in the turkey camp to where it, it you, you, you get out there in that element of what you're doing, chasing turkeys. And it's like, it's almost kind of like having somebody up in the bush of Alaska. No titles matter at that point because you're, you're just two people trying to get try, in their world, trying to, trying to, you know, connect the dots, you know, and to me, again, it's no matter if it, if it's Tyler or somebody who I've never met before, who's never turkey hunted, being able to see that, that, that connection you have when, when you're successful or a turkey's gobbling and you, you can see the look in somebody's eyes and knowing what you're striving to accomplish happens to me, that's, that's the best feeling in the world, especially when you got somebody and like I said, it don't matter if they've ever killed a turkey before or not, that they're still they're heavy breathing and they're getting into it and they're they're nervous and their guns shaking. 
that's that's what it's all about. So I mean, it's it's a yeah, I don't know. It's and I have been very blessed, but it's a cool it's it's cool to see that over and over. You know, and, and, and obviously there's some people, because I've taken some folks who don't give a rip about it. And it's like, man, those are, those are the folks I'm like, well, you know, I tried. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I tried. But it is it is cool to, to, to see when you get out there in that element, you got a turkey spitting and drumming at 15 yards. It don't matter if you're a singer or, or a dang who you are. You know, it's, it's you're, you're just a person right there next to a tree trying to blend in and, and, and hoping it goes down. And, and, and seeing that emotion come through to that is pretty cool. And I just think that I, I've heard it said by Tyler Farr. I heard it. I mean, Andy Griggs literally looked at T-Bone Turner and told him, I wanted to be you. And me and T-Bone are sitting there going, but you've had all these number ones and you sing like an angel. And then you have all these big time musicians and athletes that want to be Culpepper and Waddell hunting every day. And it's just such a cool mix. It's such a cool vibe in chemistry to where the people that get it in that common denominator of hunting brings all these walks of life. You've hunted with surgeons, you've hunted with janitors, you've hunted with pilots, you've hunted with celebrities and musicians and athletes and businessmen and entrepreneurs and CEOs. You've hunted with all of them in the common denominator is that heartbeat of being in the woods and just that blood pumping through. It's like, this is life. And that's, there's, I've all, I've told so many people, you can't get that at a golf course. Oh yes, you can't. No, you can't. You don't understand what I'm talking about. You just can't get it at a golf course. You can't get it anywhere. Baseball players are in the dugout. They're in the locker room. And then they're in the Turkey woods. That Turkey woods is where they find that sanctity that yes, the locker room's cool and the brotherhood's cool, but it's completely different on the level you get to know somebody in the turkey woods, turkey camp, duck camp, deer camp, wherever it is. And oh, so, crazy, uh, you know, and, and there is something to be said about that. You know, it's like you said, it's just that camaraderie and that, and that, you know, just the, the if you want to call it the good old boy, just hanging out and, and, and you are there, you know, to be, be successful. But at the same day, that's not the bigger picture. That's not what makes the hunt. And that's what's so cool about it is, 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 I think that's what happens over and over and time and time again. So it's it's a it's it's a neat it's a neat sport, you know. I you know, I urge anybody that's never tried it to give it a shot, you know, because it's a, again, like I said, be prepared. It's addicting. It's oh, it's be- addicting, and and, and 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 hey, it's better than crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean, I've never done that, Tyler. I've never I've, I've seen plumbers. My dad was a plumber. Listen, that I'm not crack either. I'm just saying I think it's probably better than crack. <laughs> I guarantee it is. Right, we're gonna have to. <clears throat> we gotta go. We got more. You guys gotta go. I got. I got. I have one more question about gear. You guys are famous enough to where you could probably, and you have the credibility enough to say, use this, use this, and it works. No matter how much money you're getting paid, play this guitar, wear these boots. Michael Waddell's in the same boat. He could take on something that he might not believe in and, and, and showcase it. And that's where some people could get in trouble in this mindset of being on TV and having products. And I've always tried to hunt with the products that I believe in. When we got Benelli, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. I never imagined million years that I get to shoot a Benelli for a living. And so where I'm going with this is I take a lot of what you guys say as the gospel in turkey hunting. Like if they say, use these decoys, use these calls, use this camouflage pattern, use this approach, use this mentality, then that's what people are looking up to you guys for. <clears throat> Do you believe in all of the products that you use, Culpepper? When you go out and Michael Waddell gives you these bone collector turkey calls, and I'm going somewhere with this, just give me a minute to get there. I got these turkey calls and I put them in my mouth and I hit the slate and I hit the box and I'm like, 
damn, man, like I was thinking like, man, this is just a gimmick for Waddell. They're going into Bass Pro and all over the country and it's just got the Bone Collector brand on it. And then when I started using them, I was like, man, these are really, really, really good calls. And I often wonder like why somebody like you takes on the responsibility of saying these Bone Collector calls are badass. They're working. Why does Waddell go out and do that and put his name on that call when there's a chance that I'm going to pick it up out here and say, man, I can't get this thing. I don't understand what's doing. Do you ever think about that part of your life, Culpepper, the responsibility that you have and the credibility that you're endorsing this product, that Turkey call that Michael Waddell built, you're endorsing it. Now, Michael Waddell's endorsing it. I love the calls, but at the beginning I was like, man, they're just blowing smoke up my ass. There's no way that these are better than a Woodhaven. There's no way that they're, and they do They're legitimate Turkey calls. I don't know if that makes sense or if I'm bouncing around that question too much, but you are literally saying these calls are awesome. And do you mean that uh, is Waddell onto something with this call line? And do you truly you believe in that? I do. Cause those calls are awesome. They're I awesome. Use, aren't they? I use the bone they're collector legit. box call. Like they're awesome. And, I mean, that's all I got to say about that. And awesome. before, but you know, you know, Michael had me hooked before, before we ever even went in was like, he goes, if there's something you don't like, you tell me for the diaphragm, we'll build it. He said, we'll build it and figure it out. And he sent them to me and, and started trying them out. Because I, I will tell you right now, every call they got up there, I can't, I can't run diaphragm wise because I, I, I just, I don't have the, you know, I, I don't, not like I, I like and, pre- and prefer to call a sound just because I can't blow air through all of them. So, you know, there are, there's a couple on there that I really love and, and they're, they're legit, you know, handmade to where they're, they're durable, like customized calls to where, and, and that's, you know, I could tell the minute I looked at them just the latex and all because there are some out there with some cheap latex and they're not going to hold up and they may sound good for a week and give out. But I've got a call right now. Actually, I'm running that I'm still – I used – I started using halfway through the season last year that I still, I'm still running. It was a prototype grand. last year? Well, it, it was – it's a, it's a, it's the uh, ridge beaters, what it is, the call. So, but granted, I try to keep – I take, take care of them every night. You know, I drive – uh, Tyler's wife Hannah crazy every night. I'll come in here and put yeah, my calls in the, in the freezer. In the I put them in the freezer where it, it tightens the latex back up on them so they don't. Uh, That's very important what you're talking. I'll let you guys go, but it's very important that people understand the passion and the ingenuity and everything that you guys, you two, and Waddell and that Booger Bottom crew bring. Because in an age of social media that Far and I just hit on, where Anybody can go out and put a holster on, show a little belly and say, discount code this, best holster in the world. But don't forget, I'm hot as hell. And that's why they're paying me to do this ad. I just want there to be an understanding that people like you in Waddell, when people that have your credibility and your track record, it's different than just picking up a social media and seeing some other person endorsing products that may or may not work. And I truly mean this in my heart is that... People have to understand what Waddell did to develop that, the, the, the innovation oh, that's in there, what the knowledge that you put into that call line, what Realtree does with their patterns, all the hours that Bill and his crew are in there drawing these, these, these sticks, these stick patterns and these reed patterns and these leaf patterns, these tree bark patterns. There's so much that goes into it. It doesn't happen overnight, but in an age to where anybody can get on and endorse anything, I, I just wanted to bring that up that when you say something, Culpepper, and your, your reputation in the turkey woods or what Tyler says with his reputation in the industry and what Waddell says, a lot of people 
are getting that from so many different angles now that when I got those calls, I was like, man, these aren't just some run of the mill freaking calls with Michael's name on them. This is a legit line of turkey calls. I just wanted to make sure that people understood where I was coming from on that. No, no, it is. And there are, and and, and granted that there's, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. There are some products we have who, who, who have, thankfully opened my eyes to stuff where I've been closed minded before to, to, to not use it. And I'll, I'll tell you one, one that, that, you know, five years ago, I never, never even would imagined I would use it like now, but now it's almost as important as having my calls as Onyx because I, you can, Tyler, he'll get on me all the time. Half time he thinks I'm texting. I'll be over there looking, trying to figure out where a turkey's at, what he's hung up on, what he's, you know, pinging a turkey where we got to circle around on him to where, used to you wouldn't you would never even think about it you know and i've got some buddies in the south where, where onyx isn't that big of a isn't isn't as big as it is out west and like there and i've got a buddy from high school the other day I was like man i started using it and he's like holy cow it's a game changer to where huge you know like you say to where products some, some companies like that open your eyes to like man we're kind of missing the boat here you know where where we get stuck in a rut of what we're doing but but i, I think that we are fortunate to where you've got to figure out how to make it adapt and to make it work because it's out there. You just got to open your eyes to it. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I, and I think with, you know, the voices that you guys have, and it's just a lot, there's a lot of it out there. There's so much of it coming at us at all the time in this product. I just wanted to make sure that when people see Michael Waddell and Culpepper and Tyler Farr using the, products that they use there's a reason for it there's a lot of ingenuity and a lot of hours that went into perfecting that and i i, I just it's cool i i'm really just i told michael i said wow man you hit a home run with these there truly are a legit line of calls and i just wanted to make sure that you felt that way and that it just wasn't a buddy endorsing something oh, no. because a buddy asked him to no no it's 100 percent. like i said it, it, it it's uh i mean they're awesome i love them so i, I was using them i had to call michael and philip and i was like hey I need some more of them calls. Those are awesome. I mean, I didn't do it because they're to plug him. You know, I did it because they're great calls. They are. They they are. But you got to understand, man, that you see so many people endorsing so much stuff. It's like, who do you believe? And then I'm like, guitar offender. Oh yeah, this this commercial was brought to you by Martin Guitar. You know, whatever. I mean, look here. We all know that they're paying them or they're giving them to them for free and. That's fine. So, like, as you go on in your career, my career, just speaking personally, you get stuff, a lot of stuff for free. You get, which is great, but yep. I could have used it years ago when I didn't have money to buy it. Exactly. <laughs> you start getting stuff for free, and you're like, you start figuring out the stuff you actually like that you're getting for free, and you go, now this, I'll, I'll go down with that. Let's let's do that. And I'm like you, like, I like to use stuff that I can fully say this works. It works. And I want to know the story. I, I, I can go out and I'll just, I'm just being honest. I, there's days I could go out duck hunting in the flooded timber of Arkansas naked and kill them until they quit coming in there. Well, and, then, and, and then most people will say you have to. I'm over in Arkansas. Huh? Yeah. Weather forecast is in case. So I'm not out there. Exactly. So what I'm saying though, is that I endorse real tree timber and real tree max five because of all of the different elements that we hunt in. And I also believe in the culture and the story of Bill Jordan and Realtree and Realtree Enterprises and Realtree Brown Camo and family and the friends, friends in the outdoors. And I believe in that part. I believe in the bone collector story. I believe in what Michael Waddell has done, his legacy, what he has been. Like I told Far, like that was like the only time you're ever going to see a true rock star in the hunting industry. It will never be done on that level again. Mark my words. 
Ted Nugent's a true rock star, and he can't do that in the hunting industry, what Michael Waddell did. And for him to put out a line of turkey calls and for him to put the bone collector name on a muzzleloader, I don't want people to think, oh, man, they're just paying Waddell to do this, and he's making all this money off. It's legit stuff, or the guys wouldn't be doing it. And that was my only point in bringing that up, because sometimes you think, man, is are these really that good of a call or is it just because the best, one of the best TV Turkey hunters of all time. And Waddell is a good Turkey hunter and a good Turkey caller. I just want to get that story out there more that this stuff is not happening overnight. These calls have been in the, in, in built, they've been being built for a long time by now. And now they're just being produced in this way. Oh yeah. The, you know, like I said, it's a hundred percent, you know, he, he, I think it was, he did it one time. was just like, man, get, let's get something that's just good calls that, I, that, that if he was walking in the store, I want to see, I want to use, and, and, and be able to give this option for people to get, and that's what he did. Well, he hit a home run. You guys are hitting home runs. You're lucky you got to go turkey hunting because I was going to tell you to get that guitar that I saw hanging on that wall and hit a what little want, lick. What do you want from me? Yeah, I'll give you something. What do we want to hear, Cole Pepper? You're probably worn out of him. You're probably like, oh, God, Belding. You want, you want a far song? or like I'll tell you one. That he, I don't know if he'll play or not. One he just learned the other day was Weatherman. Oh, oh. God. No, I ain't no, I ain't Bandit, get the hell out of the way. Damn. Oh, that's up to him. That's in, that's back in He his can cabin. sing his song. He can sing whatever. I'll do. I'll fix you up the number here. Have you guys been campfiring it every night? You probably can't even hang out, man. You guys yeah, are up early. We've been, in, and like I said, it's been a good grind, but we've been hitting it so hard. We come back and may make a little bit of fried rice and go to bed. <laughs> Turkey fried rice? Two now. Pitts, get it. come on now. Pitts, come on now. Get on the camp. We got, we got old Michael Pitts in here, too. I don't know if he knows Pitts cat. is in there right now? You know Catfish? I've never met Pitts. I know who he is. There he is. What's up, Pitts? Sorry, I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> well, we, we you know, look I'm like the, the best I can. Here we are talking about how good of a turkey hunters and how hardcore we are. And that guy, everybody just woke up. Yeah, well, you got to sleep. It, you got to sleep the morning hunt off. Right now, it's a, it's two fifteen. There, y'all got to go get 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 up against the tree somewhere. We got to go, we got to go post up. Pitts uh-huh. is still wiping sleep out. There's no doubt. I'm a firm believer in a good siesta. I believe you. <laughs> Well, hell, that thing ain't working. We're getting the concert tour ready here. Is there a pick over there? Got two pick. Hey, where's that meatloaf? <laughs> what is this? Wedding crashers? I'm joking. Mom! Man, I pulled 14 picks off. On bandit? Yeah. This is about as redneck as you get. We're talking about pulling ticks off his dog. I'm yeah. over here pulling ticks off. It's, of it's real life. Didn't you have? Didn't you have a reality TV show at one time, Tyler? I did. I think about died while I was filming it. Probably took about five years off my life. <laughs> oh, I love pits. Look, <laughs> did you hear me? I just did a thousand of them. He's doing <laughs> curls behind you. <laughs> Keep going, Pitch. You got to do the left arm now. More out. Yeah, get the left arm. More out. Get damn carpal tunnel. What song are you going to sing, Tyler? The only truck in town or what? Uh, no, we'll do this little number here. Um, I hope I don't live to see that day. This, is a good one. this ain't been released yet.
he did something wrong there, big boy. What are you laughing at, babe? Now, when you listen to this, I wrote this like eight years ago before Colin Kaepernick started acting like a complete idiot and kneeling down for the national anthem. So keep that in mind. Total hope I don't live to see this day, that day. I 
but I'll never see that day. Lord, I hope I don't live to see that day. Good freaking night, dude. Thank you, man. That's not out, is it? Uh-uh. I'm, I'm I'm over here. I'm like, this one ain't out, is it? This one I'm looking for. Dude, that song, that song needs to be heard right now. Songs are about dollar and twenty-five cents. That one's three twenty-five. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, it's not out yet. I'll release it here eventually. God, it needs to be heard right now, bro. That's freaking unreal. Tweet about it until Aldine let me cut it. Quit being an idiot. So, should I not put it out there right now? You can put that acoustic version out here. Okay. I just want to make sure. I don't want. I don't want Aldine all mad at you. God, no. that is freaking a hammer, dude. What no. was what was the, what was the line that said, "There's no more heart in the land of the brave or the home <laughs> of the brave"? When there's no more heart in the home of the brave. Good. I hope I don't live to see that day. And the other one was when the small t- when the small man can't dream big. What was it? Uh, so when the last small town boards up its stores, and the little guy can't dream big no more. Damn. Poor heart and home of the brave. I hope I don't live to see that day. Good night, man. That is freaking incredible. I got goosebumps all over me. Is Culpepper still sitting there? Oh, yeah. here. How awesome is that, bro? That one's killer. I, I, I love that song, man. God, that song's killer, man. That needs to be out right now. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't live to see that. Man, that's that's strong, bro. Thank you for leaving us with that. Yeah, man. Hey, I, I can't shop that one, so I don't know. I can't give you much more than that. <laughs> it's not the fly down cackle. Yeah. Send me a send me a video tonight if y'all get one, or if you uh, if you guys uh, do that um, the fryer. Uh, oh, we got we got Red Aikens missing one yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> the air fryer. Red's been on a little rough tear with us. He might not be back on Spring Thunder. <laughs> he uh, he killed <laughs> the first day and yeah. And Philip shot a golfer. I was filming, and Philip shot a golfer, and Red shot a Jake. He goes, "Hey, Philip, what's on you Red's doing? farm." So. Yeah, he was. He's he's like depressed now. <laughs> oh God, I don't know if I'm going to air that part without Red getting all pissed off. He shot a Jake. Oh, it's going. I don't on. care. It's, it's <laughs> we got a video. that's coming up on Spring Hey, Thunder. you think I give a shit? You're wrong. Oh, that's the name of a song right there. You probably already wrote that one. All right, send me a video of that air fryer tonight if you get it, and then uh, I really appreciate this. This was awesome. Yeah, yes, man. Everybody. Let us know if you ever need anything else. <clears throat> well, I'm coming turkey hunting next year. Yeah, well, come on. Fish fry, right. turkey fry. Appreciate you guys. Tyler, that song is a hammer, dude. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. That's another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Today's episode, again, was brought to you by our friends, Lynchburg, Tennessee, Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. No underage drinking. Thank you, Jack Daniels, for getting us through these times of the quarantine and the pandemic. Y'all stay safe out there. Stay home. That's Tyler Farr, Philip Culpepper. It is the freaking turkey tour of Spring Thunder right now. Real Tree Outdoors. You can find it on the 365 app. These guys are the best at what they do. Michael Waddell, we talked to you up today. I hope you're staying up with them on this count. 33 turkeys in the bag for the Culpepper crew. Waddell's probably a little part of that. Tom, hit that button.
We're going to go out with the Tyler Farr song today. Tyler, sing us out, please. Do me, do me just a little bit of the, the the redneck crazy to take us out, please. Throwing oh, rocks at your window, that, that psycho stuff that boyfriends do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this today. This is Tyler Farr. Okay, here. Let me get this thing going. Redneck crazy. We usually go out with Leith Lofton. What's she going to do when the money's all gone that he wrote with Drake White? Uh, <laughs> he had to change up song. He had to change up guitars. How about, let's, let's end it with this. All right. Yeah. Oh, no, that's wrong key. Three, <laughs> four, five. Okay. The guy walks into a bar. The guy walks into a bar. She's a girl that catches his eye. Ask her if she wants enough. Offer each other. End up a lover's laugh. Right? Hold on tight. May it work for a little while. Then one night, tell I stayed out of the dark. Guy walks into a bar.